Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's topic. It is going to be all about working during a crisis, specifically focused on those who are self-employed, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners, uh, but those who can continue to work during this time of crisis. And I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and take something away from it or you have someone in your life that you can share this with because because it's really had an impact in my outlook during this time and, and really continuing to do business and do my job and still be able to support myself and put out my best work during a time like this. Uh, And then I am going to finish off with two segments. I have a few questions that I want to answer that came in last week uh, that was all about the 30-day challenge calendar. And then I do have a book of the week recommendation, so you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. But let's go ahead and jump into my conversation about continuing to work during this coronavirus crisis. All right, so I am really looking forward to talking about this topic because it's one that I truly do think a lot of people need to hear. I think I needed to, I know that I needed to hear it myself, but further than just hearing it, I think that I really had to start to believe it. It's something that I've had to remind myself of every day, but I want to talk about continuing to work during a crisis, specifically If you are self-employed, if you are an entrepreneur, if you own a business, and especially if what you do is contingent on other people supporting your business, buying the products that you offer, and so on. At the time that I'm recording this, it's early May 2020, and I say that just in case someone in the future is listening to this podcast because things change things change really fast in what we're currently dealing with right now. So I just wanted to throw out that at the time that I'm speaking these words, it's early May 2020, but we all over the world are in a time of crisis, a global pandemic an unprecedented time. Words and phrases that you are hearing on the daily now. Everyone is affected. All industries are being impacted and jobs are being lost. When COVID-19 first started making waves, as a YouTuber, the feedback was interesting. There were debates in the comment section. There were conversations on Twitter And of course, the wonderful Reddit threads popped up about how dare YouTubers, beauty YouTubers specifically, were still making videos. How dare we still talk about makeup? How shallow are we to not address current events? How insensitive we are. Now, I could talk on and on about how YouTube videos provide entertainment and escape that people need, especially during a time of crisis. I could talk about how seeing 15, 20 minutes into a person's day an edited video of a conversation that they have with us doesn't reflect on what their entire day looks like. I could talk about the times I cried 
while doing my makeup, getting ready to film a video because I was listening to the news about how I wiped my tears and put a smile on my face and filmed a video, hoping to bring joy to someone who was watching, and then sobbed on my floor for two hours after turning the camera off. I could talk about all of those things, but I won't. I want to talk about how myself and so many others continue to post YouTube videos because it's our job, it's our career, and it's how we earn a paycheck. It's how we pay our bills. It's how we support ourselves, our families, and also the economy. I became not only sad when I started to see the backlash against not only YouTubers, but as a beauty YouTuber myself, that is what I'm speaking from, but other business owners and entrepreneurs were definitely starting to face some backlash as well. So I was sad, but I was also very confused. I'm distraught for our community, our country, our world. I empathize with those losing jobs as I just went through, albeit for a very different reason, of course, but I just went through a few years ago losing a job suddenly with with my husband being laid off. It's a horrible feeling. The unknown is terrifying, especially to have it happen during a crisis can be even more terrifying. But because I'm self-employed, it means I do still have a job. So why would I even begin to entertain the notion that I should stop working, that I should give up a paycheck and struggle to pay my bills voluntarily? And that's not to say I'm completely unaffected or my income was completely unaffected. YouTube AdSense was hit hard and it's still down. As less advertisers have money to put towards advertising as campaigns were paused, our AdSense took a hit and it took a hit fast and hard. It's still down. Brands pulled out of affiliate programs or decided to pause their campaigns that included sponsorships. People weren't buying as much, which then also affected the affiliate links. All of that directly affected my income. But it was still something. I was still contributing. I started to feel guilty every time I posted a video. And if you know me, you know I post a lot of videos on YouTube in a week. I got comments accusing me of being greedy, of being selfish, of being a bimbo who only cares about beauty, that's verbatim, for being out of touch. One comment said I was a disgusting human being who didn't care that people were sick and dying. Less than two days after reading that comment and laying on my floor crying, my uncle passed away from COVID-19 after fighting the virus for four weeks. We would get multiple updates a day from my aunt during that time. Our family tried to band together as best as we could with social distancing in place and not being able to see her, especially after she had to quarantine after taking him to the hospital. There was, you know, it felt like there was only so much we could do, but we tried every single day for four weeks. The virus directly impacted myself and impacted my family. And at the end of that, we lost a family member. Just because I didn't make all of my internet content all about the virus, the impact, the hardships, and the heartbreak doesn't make me unaware or uncaring. But I can't focus on that 
24-7, and neither should you. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to put on makeup and feel good. It's okay to buy something that brings you joy. It's okay to find ways to be happy during hardships. It is okay. Obviously, I got emotional just talking about it. And can you imagine if everything that I started to put out online, every YouTube video I made, every Instagram post, every tweet was just filled with sadness and fear, I would be projecting that on to thousands and thousands of people. I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine living my life that way. I know a lot of other YouTubers and content creators really struggled and are still struggling during this time to find a balance. And I think that there's nothing wrong. There's several videos that I posted where I talked about it, where I talked about what I want to do with my channel. Am I going to continue posting? There's several Instagram updates that I gave, but I, I can't make my content to only be focused around pain and sadness. That is not what I do. That is not why I chose to entertain people as a part of my career. I love to bring happiness and positivity to people. I love to inspire people. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me greedy. It doesn't make me unaware. And it doesn't make me a disgusting human being. But when all of this was going down and it was getting harder and harder to go into my comment section, it was getting harder and harder to scroll through Twitter, I started to become consumed with guilt for continuing to work, for promoting my books. How dare I ask people to spend money on books to read them? How dare I post about a topic, beauty, that I've built a community around for the past five years? How dare I make even one little complaint about my job when I'm so grateful to have one? The guilt was freezing me and was making me unproductive. Something that I've been working together for several years now is to get more into a coaching style position. I've had it on my radar for several years. I've had a lot of conversations about it with my husband and a few other business leaders to get their thoughts on it, to get their feedback and their advice. I've been putting together a business plan and you know different packages that I'll offer and the different ways that I can communicate with people. It's been something that I've been really looking forward to do. After I ran my 30-day challenge in August of 2019, I saw how putting together a calendar that gave us different goals for 30 days to be our best selves really impacted people. I continue to get messages from people who took that first initial challenge from me to tell me how it helped them change their lives for the better. I ran it again in April in my private Facebook group. I always have that linked in the show notes, but it's just facebook.com slash groups slash secret Sam squad. But I created another calendar in April and we did the challenge again. But even after doing the challenge in August and getting the feedback, that was when I thought I really need to start this. This is something that I want to do. It's something that I'm passionate about. I love helping people and I love connecting with people. I have a passion for helping others create plans to be their best selves. But when coronavirus came about, those plans also halted. 
because I thought, how can I ask someone to pay for my services right now? But you know what I've realized and what I have to continually remind myself of is just because I offer a service doesn't mean someone has to sign up for it. Just because I put out a product, a new book, or my OFRA collaboration that released at the beginning stages of coronavirus and social distancing, it doesn't mean someone has to buy it. Just because I upload a new YouTube video doesn't mean someone has to watch it. Just because I'm putting options out there doesn't make me a terrible human being. It makes me a businesswoman. It makes me an entrepreneur who is not willing to sit down and give up during a crisis. So I hope that you'll remember that, and it's something that I'm trying to remind myself of every day. Offering something, a service, a product, etc., just means you're giving someone an option. If they choose to take it, great. If not, that's fine too. I've seen people start their own online fitness courses because gyms are closed. Virtual summits are popping up because those who used to travel and give speaking engagements, those have come to a halt. People are finding new ways to connect with others and also continue to run their business and pay their bills and provide for their families. It doesn't make them callous or shallow. All we're doing is giving someone an option. You don't have to take it. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to buy something. You don't have to click on a video. But the option is there for the people who want to take it. So for those of you who want to start something new but you're scared, do it. It's okay to look at the opportunities you have right now. It's okay to take the time that you spent driving to work to create a business plan because you're at home now with more time to do that. Because honestly, who knows how long this will be our new normal? And who knows what our climate will look like even after restrictions have loosened? There's already been a pivot in business and in life, and I think that there will be lasting effects from it. So remember, just because you provide a service or a product doesn't mean you're forcing someone else to pay for it or spend their time supporting it. But maybe someone out there is looking for exactly what you are offering. They get to decide what works for them, but they can't support you or your business if you don't give them the opportunity. So that's really what I wanted to share with you this week. I know that I've struggled with the guilt. I know that I have struggled with being a strong businesswoman during this time. I think it's especially challenging as an empath, which I have a whole podcast episode about being an empath, especially during a global pandemic. I think it's really hard for me sometimes to continue to run a business while being an empath because I'm thinking about so many different people. And before I do anything, I'm already thinking of how many how many different people are going to react and who's going to react negatively. So even if it's something as simple as putting a tweet out there like, oh my gosh, this brand just launched this new lipstick. I'm so excited. I know that I'm going to get tweets back of people saying like, wow, Samantha, like that's not what's important right now. Can you imagine if every single person out there only talked about sad things right now, the bad things right now, the negative things right now, because a lot of people are. 
There's a lot of people that are doing that. I know a, a person on Facebook who every single one of her Facebook updates for the past two months has been about coronavirus, has been about how many people have died, has been about how many cases there are. It's exhausting. It must be exhausting for her. It's exhausting to log on and just see her new status update every single day because I get, I hear it from the news. I watch the news. I look up the news. I see what's going on, but you don't need to inundate yourself with that. That doesn't need to be your only focus. So yes, maybe someone does post about beauty or a topic that you don't think is really relevant during this time either, but they're probably doing that because it brings them joy. It makes them happy. It's a bright spot in their day. It doesn't make them a bad person. And if you've been thinking about starting a business and you've been scared or you have a business but you're afraid to promote it right now because you don't want to come across in the wrong way, I really encourage you to put it out there because it might be what someone else needs right now. I wasn't too sure about doing the 30-day challenge in April. I didn't announce it until the night before. I was hesitant to do it because I didn't know how it would be received and what people would think of me, even though I wasn't asking for anything in return. It was free to do. It's free to be in my Facebook group. I don't even have a Patreon like a lot of people do that's tied with their Facebook groups to help with the cost of running things and how much time goes into these things. All I was asking for was for people to commit to it and to challenge themselves every single day to it. And I was still nervous to do that. But do you know how many people needed that challenge? Do you know how many people are continuing writing down a daily goal every day for the month of May? I gave them the option. You can give people options. You're not forcing anyone to buy anything. You're not forcing anyone to sign up for anything. You're not forcing anyone to support you. But you might realize how many people need it and how many people want to support you right now and still can. And I just think that's so important. So that's what I wanted to share for today. Because even sometimes when I go to upload a YouTube video, because sometimes I think, gosh, I just, I don't know if this is the right thing to upload right now. And I'm nervous to post it. And then I remember it's a YouTube video and it's free. If someone wants to click on it because the topic is interesting to them, that is their choice. I'm just putting it out there. They can do with it what they want. And if you decide that's a topic that you want to watch and you want to enjoy 15 minutes of someone laughing at herself and bumbling over her words and dancing sometimes, then you can click it and we can hang out together for a few minutes in that day. If it's not for you, you can skip over it. So I just really wanted to share that for everyone who's feeling guilty or nervous or uncomfortable with continuing to work right now. We do have to take care of ourselves. Taking care of ourselves is important. It's something that I'm trying to remember every single day. So I really wanted to create a podcast episode about it because I think a lot of people are unsure right now too. And I hope something of what I said resonates with you or makes you think a little bit more. Or maybe if you have been sitting on something that you've wanted to do for a really long time, I hope this gave you a little bit of encouragement and motivation and inspiration to start that. 
as always, I'd love to get any feedback that you have about that. You can always reach out to me on any of my social handles. They're always in the description box or the podcast email is down there as well, which is startinspiredpodcast at gmail.com. But I'm just going to jump over to our two segments for the week before we end off this podcast. Okay, so to finish off the podcast with two segments, I mentioned last week that I was going to replace one of my usual four segments that I go between. I was going to replace it with a chat about the 30-day challenge because in last week's podcast episode, I challenged you to create your own 30-day calendar and fill it with your goals and little snack-sized pieces of your goals that will help you achieve something bigger. And if you haven't listened to that podcast episode yet, I really suggest that after we finish up here, you go download that one too and create your calendar. You can start it anytime. It doesn't have to be the first of the month. It doesn't have to be a Monday. (laughs) You can start it anytime that you want, but it's been so amazing. My inbox, I don't know, man, the last two weeks, my inbox for this podcast has been overflowing. I had so many people relate so deeply to my empath episode but I also got so many emails about creating this challenge calendar. Some were questions and I feel like there's been two questions that I keep seeing kind of over and over again. So I wanted to address those for this segment, but there was some, you know, people just wanting general feedback. You know, is this a good idea to put on my list? What do you think of this goal? Do you think it's too big? Like people just wanting some feedback. And again, I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm happy to help you come up with your calendars so if you ever have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me or, e- or email in the podcast email because I will I will definitely help you out. Even though there's been a lot of emails, I've still been staying on top of those and um, you know just really making it my, my priority to get back to you. Uh, so yes, you can definitely email me anytime and I'm so happy to help you come up with your own 30-day calendar. But one thing that I was seeing quite a bit in my emails, I saw this in my private Facebook group, especially as we got towards the end of April. And one list on the challenge calendar was to go back to the goals that you wrote down at the beginning of the month and see how you did. So many people said that they didn't write them down and they forgot what they had put down as their goals. And I was even seeing that in my email. And one of the questions I was getting the most in my email was do I really have to write down my goals? Because people are saying, you know, could I just put them in my phone or like, I, you know, I only have three goals. Like I can remember them in my head. And I'm telling everybody <laughs> what I'm responding back to you is I want you to write them down. I want you to write them down on a piece of paper. It, I don't know what it is because I used to be someone who was like, no big deal. I can remember my goals too. If I even made goals, right? If I even made them, it's like, I can remember them. No no problem. And then yes, only a month passes, but I've completely forgotten what I said at the beginning of that month because life is busy. Life is challenging. Hello. (laughs) Life is busy and you forget. And then you get to the end of the month and you think, wait, what did I say I was going to do again? Write down your goals. If you are making the 30-day calendar, which I hope you are, you can put it in a notebook. You can print out an actual calendar of the next 30 days, and you can write it on the back. You can write your goals on the top. You can write them down on the side if there's a big old margin. You can write them wherever you want to write them. But write down your goals. 
I think that it's really important. I think that it will help to look at it if you're making your 30-day calendar and every day that you look at the calendar, maybe one of your goals, maybe your goals are written on there so you can see it every day and remind yourself what you're working towards. But actually writing it down, I find it to be so helpful. I started doing this with my to-do list as well. I used to wake up and kind of go over my my list in my head, right? Like I need to film this, I need to edit this, need to get back to these emails, need to text this person. By nine o'clock, I had no idea what I, what I said I was going to do. I was like, wait, what? And then I would forget things and it was so stressful until I started writing down what I wanted to accomplish throughout the day. I don't know how, like looking back, I don't know how I functioned. I don't know how I got anything done. <laughs> Honestly. I live off of my to-do list. I look forward every single morning to writing them. It helps me plan my day so much better. It helps me have structure so much more. And of course, there's times, honestly, often there's times where I don't complete everything on my list. That's okay. I can move them to the next day. There's times where something unexpected happens and I don't get everything done. That's okay. I can move them to the next day, but at least writing them down and being able to look at them and have an idea for how I want my day to run is so, so helpful. So yes, even though you might think I only have two really big goals for this month, I can remember them, write them down. (laughs) Also, I got some questions, quite a few questions on how to actually plan out your calendar. So I was getting asked, you know, do you need an actual calendar? Like my microphone is sitting on my big old desk calendar that I have where I write down um, anything that I have going on that day. But I also, it's kind of helps me keep track of my bills. It helps me keep track of when I have anything due with brands, things like that. Um, You can definitely have an actual piece of paper, an actual calendar you can have a planner and you can go through, maybe it has uh, daily pages. My planner has daily pages for each day of the month. You can go through and write down little goals like that. You can just put it in a list form if you want to. I, I mean, you can also go to the, my private Facebook page if you do want to join it. You do have to request to join, but uh, there's a lot of people that have been posting what their May calendars look like in there. And it's you know, there's quite a variety. But you can get an idea uh, if you want to see. But it's really, it's up to you and what is going to work best for you. But uh, once again, I suggest making sure that you do write everything down. Don't just try to remember. Don't just try to say, oh, you know, two days this week, I'm going to try to get up early. Pick the days that you're going to wake up early and put them on your calendar. Write them down. So whatever it is that works best for you, if it's a notebook, if it's a planner, if it's a calendar, however it is that's going to be best for you. And, you know, maybe you try it one way this month and you're like, you know, maybe just a regular notebook didn't work out the best for me. I need something with a little bit more structure. Maybe you can look at a calendar. Maybe you can look at something more planner-like. There's a lot of different places that offer planners, journals, and the like. Um, So there's a lot of different options that you can get from more affordable ones to more pricey ones that have a lot more detail to them. 
Uh, so maybe it doesn't work out the best for you for this 30 days. You can always change it up and do something different the next month that you think will be more beneficial to you. So those are the two questions and kind of the feedback that I've been getting in the most from about the 30-day calendar. And again, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast episode, I highly recommend that you do it because I do think it's something that's so important. It's something that I am incredibly passionate about and have put a lot of time and energy and effort into bringing this message to others. And it really means a lot when I see people uh, continuing to make their calendars and their goals and, and really chasing after it and chasing after being that best version of themselves. So that is where I want to finish that segment. And then lastly, I'm going to finish off with a new book of the week recommendation. I feel like I'm really hitting like a hot spot right now of different books that I'm reading because I've had a book of the week the past several weeks, but I think it's it still continues to be um, my most talked about segment. I get a lot of messages. I see a lot of people are downloading these books that I'm recommending, which is fantastic. I'd love to be being able to recommend good reads to you. So uh, I just finished this book fairly recently and I thought it was a great one. So I definitely wanted to include it, but it is called Safe House by Joe Jakeman. I have read The Ex's Revenge from Joe Jakeman also. Highly recommend that book too. Hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo-hoo. That one is a that, that one will not easily uh, get out of your mind, let me tell you. But this one is called Safe House. And just a bit of the blurb from Amazon. It says, she's paid the price for giving her ex a false alibi. And now she's moved to a seaside village to escape her past. But more than her lie follows her there in this chilling and twisty psychological thriller from the author of the acclaimed The Ex's Revenge. All right. So in this book, we follow Charlie Miller. And Charlie Miller has not always been Charlie Miller. Charlie Miller used to be Steffi Finn. She was in a relationship with a man who eventually ended up going to jail for killing multiple women. And as the police were looking into these women's deaths and interviewing her boyfriend, Steffi gives them a false alibi saying that she was with him the night that these women were murdered. And there's a lot of different reasons for why she lies for him. And in the end, she ends up going to jail also. When she gets out, she gets a new identity and she decides to move away and try to start over. But we know from the book, we get a different point of view and we know that someone has followed her there. And we know that someone wants to make her pay for providing an alibi for her boyfriend for the first time, and then he killed again. So we do get different point of views, which I do think is interesting. There's a very intriguing cast when she moves and starts over, and there's just so many different questions. There's a lot of there's a lot of plot twists actually. There's a lot of questions that pop up along the way, but I really really enjoyed this one. Again, it is more of a psychological thriller. There isn't really anything, I, I'm not really into like gore or horror, horror type of books, but just ones that make you think. And this one definitely had my brain turning the whole time, trying to figure it out, trying to piece it together. And I never want to give too much away, especially when it comes to this genre of books, because it's like, I just, you know, I could say like one wrong thing and then someone will be able to take that and figure out the book. And I really want you to be able to figure it out for yourself. 
but it was a good one. If this is the genre that you enjoy, I would highly recommend Safe House from Joe Jakeman. And if you really do like this genre, I would also recommend The X's Revenge because that one was real creepy. Like I still think about that book sometimes. So I would definitely recommend both of those. So that is my book of the week, Safe House by Joe Jakeman. I will also have it linked in my show notes if you're interested in picking up your copy or downloading your copy. Other than that, though, that is where I'm going to wrap up this week's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Having a chat about working through a crisis, uh, talking about our 30-day calendar, because I really hope that you are continuing to do it. I'm going to be having a segment uh, through the end of May for that. If you have any other questions for me on it, too, you can always send that in to me and I can answer them. And then also the book of the week recommendation. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love if you subscribed or if you'd want to rate and review on wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. If you want to share this podcast, if you know someone, a business owner or an entrepreneur or a solopreneur who's maybe struggling right now or has some uncertainty right now, you can maybe share this with them. And I really hope that it helps someone. So until next week, I will talk to you guys later.